game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. Afrogetti. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Game Pints podcast, Sean Campbell, Mitch Gallo. I'm glad you could join us. And uh, Mitch, what are we going to be doing here? Why Why is it not called something else? Why is it not called something else? I don't know. Because uh, we want to rebrand, we want to reformat, we want to do things a little bit, uh, a little bit differently. Um, I know I get a lot of requests, Sean. I don't know about you, but I get a lot of requests for people to uh, see my face. And, uh, and get my pretty mug out there. So we're going to have a YouTube version, and we're going to try to get this on different platforms and try to expand our horizons a little bit. Yeah, and you know what? It's post-game. That means we could go in any direction. We know that uh, you and I are both Montreal-centric, living in Montreal. We both work for TSN 690, but it doesn't mean we can't go anywhere we want to go. Uh, but uh, we kind of want to keep the same banter that we've always had and some of the favorite things that we've always done, Mitch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we love sports and we want to do roundtable sports, get to as many different things as we can, but also try to keep it short and brief. And Sean, I know uh, as we record this, uh, this podcast, you're wearing all your Packers gear, so you might be a little distracted as we have an ongoing game and a very interesting NFL season. And I think, uh, you know, with where we're at in sports right now, the NFL is the only thing going and we probably will talk a lot of NFL in the coming weeks. Oh, I'm watching the game right now, so I'm completely distracted. I, know I, I, got, it on, I got it on right there. Yeah. <laughs> right, I, I have it actually in front of the screen. So if it looks like I'm looking down, I'm actually watching it. Aaron yeah, for Jones. me, if it looks like I'm, lo- if I'm looking to the left, I'm actually watching. <laughs> all right. So the, one of the things that we do all the time, Mitch, here, uh, you and I, and we're going to be doing this on the Post Games Podcast, sometimes it's going to be one minute, two minutes, three minutes, but we're going to start things off. Montreal Basic, and it's going to go hockey, it's going to go Habs, but we're going to go rapid fire. So start us off, Mitch. Habs offseason, you love it or you really love it? Uh, Sean, I really love it. I think if you look at the Canadians and everything they've done, they had so many needs and so many areas in which they could improve and ensure that they get more points. uh, More points. We got a touchdown? Touchdown, baby. Ah. Ensure uh, that they got more points uh, this year as opposed to last year and could actually be in a comfortable position to make the playoffs and be in a comfortable position at the trade deadline. So what did they need to do? They needed to add a backup goalie because that was a serious area of weakness. And we'll see how it works out with Jake Allen, but I like the acquisition. I know that they were pretty high on what they did last year at that position. Didn't quite work out. And, um, you know, things needed to change very, very quickly. 
Uh, they needed to add some goal scoring. They did so with Defoli, and I think that contract is bargain. It's a bargain, and you're not going to sign a guy like that for that price tag any other year than in the COVID year and the flat cap year. And they needed to add some size, specifically on the wings. And they did that uh, with Defoli, but obviously more importantly uh, with Josh Anderson. Uh, Joel Edmondson on the back end. I like that acquisition as well. It just it's it, and you got Romanov coming now. It just feels like the Canadians are a more rounded, better built team than they were before. All right, so we're going to break down each and individual new player coming to the Montreal Canadiens here on the Rapid Fire on the post game podcast. Uh, but the, the one thing just on there, everybody's like a little too excited for me. It just seems a little bit much because yes, they got Anderson, but they did lose a player. Edmondson is not a guy that has been known to be a bona fide top four in the Canadians. He's a top four. Yeah, everybody's excited about a backup goalie in Jake Allen, but the Canadians will live and die on the play of Carey Price. I know that Jake Allen will help, but it means that you still need to rely on Carey Price. To Foley, I like that acquisition probably more than some of the other moves that the Canadians made. And we just don't know anything about Romanov. We can be excited about Romanov, but we just don't know everything about Romanov. So, I'm yeah, I like the offseason. I think they've done some good things. But I'm not overboard like everybody else. I'm kind of keeping it, yeah, good offseason, but I'm going to wait and see on a lot of this. That's yeah, how I well, No, no, I, I, and I'm with you. And I think a lot of it comes down to uh, some of the experts and – and some of the people talking about what they've done and, you know, they're getting rave reviews. So people are getting very excited. I don't want to get carried away either, Sean, because I'm with you. But the bottom line is if I ask you in a very simple way, are the 2020, 2021 Montreal Canadians, a superior team on paper to the 2019, 2020 team, you're obviously going to say yes. So Mark Bergeron uh, improved his team. Now, did he significantly improve his team? That's wait and see. But I think a lot of this is going to come down to Jesperi Kakanyemi and Nick Suzuki and how much they're able to improve their play and build on what they were able to accomplish last year. Kakanyemi in the playoffs more so than in the regular season. And obviously, uh, Nick Suzuki uh, voted to the uh, all-rookie team uh, trying to build on what he was able to accomplish in his first NHL season. Uh, but I do think they're they're – a lot better than they were a year ago. All right, so let's let's jump on that because I think that's where one of the bigger problems I have with the Canadians moving forward is at the center ice position. And I know that it's not supposed to be a problem, but it's the only place where I do see uh, eventual weakness for the Canadians. So why don't we dive into the Anderson-Domi trade because it a lot of people are excited about it. Do I, But I, I'm, I think that the Canadians gave up a lot of offense and they gave up their depth at center. I was all for the Canadians finding a way to keep Max Domi on this team. I understand maybe the price to get Anderson was Max Domi. That might have been the price. So you have to pay to get what you want. And the Canadians, I think, are, are in need of a guy like Josh Anderson. But I think it's going to cost them dearly of losing the center Iceman. And I think it's going to cost them dearly on losing a player that can produce offense at a higher level than a lot of the players that they have already. So I'm still hesitant on that trade. Because down the middle, you're relying on Kakanyemi. How many points are you going to get out of him? Suzuki, I think you're going to get more points out of him. Dano, who's he going to play with? Is he going to play with Lekkanen and Byron? He won't get 50 points with those guys. And then Jake Evans or Ryan Paling, that is an entire question mark for the Canadians. 
So moving Domi, I feel like, made the Canadians less deep at the center ice. They're young, but they're less deep at the center ice position. So I'm still hesitant on that trade. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, my problem with what you're saying is we've, we've kind of seen two different versions of Max Domi, year one and year two, obviously uh, completely different players. And also, I think a lot of people are basing their opinions, Sean, on what they saw in the playoffs. And in the playoffs, Max Domi wasn't, you know, he wasn't a factor for the Montreal Canadiens, where Kokinemi and Nick Suzuki were. They played higher up in the lineup. So that's why, to me, it comes down to which version of these guys are they going to get? Are they, like, if they, if they get from Suzuki and Kokinemi the same type of, of level of play, like in the playoffs from last year, in the regular season next year, then I don't think it's it's an issue at all okay. that they. I agree. Back. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. But can I ask you? Do you think that Cockney, what he did for ten games, can do for eighty-two? See, I don't know. That's where I'm at. I don't know the answer you think, to okay, that question. Okay, the higher percentage. You think you know Philip Deneau can play the way he can for eighty-two games, right? Yeah. Okay. So Nick Suzuki playing that way. Do you think? Let's say it's not eighty-two games. How many games? Because he's so young. How many games do you think he could play like that? Uh, Nick Suzuki at a consistent yes. level. Yeah. Uh, I, I give him a good 65 games. Perfect. Kakanyemi. 50. Uh, Evans. In a fourth line role? Yeah. Yeah, I, I put him at 65 games. He's, he's a yeah. season pro. There's still a lot of holes there. There's still a lot of games where you're not getting production. And if those 35 games, they all don't produce at the yeah. same time. I, yeah, I just, you're, you're right. I, you're right. Here's the thing, though. There's, there's, the, a, there's the only, a hole at center. Yeah, yeah. The only, the only problem is... And, and I, I think we're kind of where we're like, we're not, I'm not going to say we're having a miscommunication, but the, the, oh, we're, on the I think, same, we're on the same page. We just, we're looking at it differently. Yeah. But I think the reason we're looking at it differently is because I think you appreciated what Max Domi brought to the Canadians more so than me. Yeah. Well, I can also tell that your glass is more full than my glasses is pretty much empty. <laughs> hey, well, the goal of the podcast is to get the glass empty, but that is you know, we always want to talk like it's half full. All right, uh, let's 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 jump right into uh, Joel Edmondson. Everybody has him as a, a top four. Where was he a top four defenseman? Where did he play twenty two minutes a night? Why, why is he all of a sudden Jeff Petrie's partner when Brett Kulak? You just spoke about Kakanyemi and Suzuki playing lights out in the playoffs. Brett Kulak was one of those players that played lights out in the playoffs. Yeah, um, you know, I I think with with Kulak, I don't know how high the management. And uh, the coaching staff is on his ability to play in that role. I think, you know, we've seen some comments that, from Mark. In Burns that role playing. for 82 games. In that's that right. role for 82 games. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think you want to add as many quality people as possible. And you want to have different options at, the, at that position. Sean, maybe he's playing on the third pair. And it's, it's Romanov at some point uh, that's on the second pair with Jeff Petrie on the left side. I don't know how it's going to play out. I know they added a quality NHL defenseman, and now they have more bodies on the blue line, and they're not going to have to dig deep and use guys like Xavier Ouellette that are borderline NHL players with all due respect. You know, they're also going to create some internal competition. Now, in, a, in, a, in an ideal world, is Joel Edmondson in your top four on the blue line? Definitely not. But, you know, I'll look at every NHL team and no NHL team is dealing with an ideal lineup. You know, maybe some teams are close and maybe some teams are even closer than the Canadians to having an ideal lineup. But every team is going to have some kind of hole. But I think, you know, if you look at Edmondson, the contract he was given, 
and where the Canadians are going forward, I think the hope is that Romanov is eventually in that spot on the second pairing and Edmondson is playing on a third uh, third pairing. And I think if that's the case, you, you got to think. And again, we don't know about Romanov. We haven't seen him play the pro game. I get it. But I think that's the hope. And if that's the case, uh, the Canadians are in a pretty good spot with Edmondson on the, on the third pair. Uh, by the way, I do think that there's a strong possibility. And I like the idea of Edmondson and the flexibility that, that he has because he's a guy that's been everywhere and kind of fits in any lineup. He has the ability to play the right side. I hate, you know me, I hate this left-right stuff. And I know that there are guys that are just right and just left. I love that you still have guys that are like, hey, I can play both sides. He's very comfortable playing the right. I actually think he has a more strong possibility of playing the right side on the third pairing behind Petrie and Weber than anybody else. But those are the lines. We'll have to see what the coach thinks at that point. Okay, you mentioned Romanov. He's another X factor for the Canadians. Best case scenario, you mentioned him, Petrie's partner. No, no, best case scenario, that guy is Shea Weber's partner. Worst case scenario, he's playing in Laval. Did I get that right or wrong? Uh, if, if he's, like, in Laval, Sean, that's not worst case scenario. That's catastrophic scenario. I don't I, think it's catastrophic as someone that calls the Laval Rocket games. Uh, <laughs> I think catastrophic is that he says, I hate Montreal, I'm going back to the KHL. I think yeah. that's catastrophic. I, I just saying worst case for the Canadians because they're really high on him is that he's not with this team right now because he's not up to NHL standards because we still don't know. The kid's 20. I, I think the hope is for him to be at NHL caliber from both the team and for him. I so, agree. I'm just yeah. giving you two scenarios, you know, on either side. Yeah. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be shocked. I'd be – look, if, if he's ever playing in the uh, – if he's ever playing the American League – and it's not because of a rehab stint or a quick one or two game freshen up at that level. If that happens, if he's playing down there, uh, the first podcast we have where he's down there, I'll, I'll, pine, I'll pound a pint to start the show while the intro's playing. How's that? All right. I like it. We should do that anyways. <laughs> we might, might, just do, just do that anyways. Who cares? Might uh, make it for an interesting podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I know Dave will probably do it anyways. All right, uh, let's get into one more here on the rapid fire. Do you want to talk about uh, Toffoli or Allen? You, you choose. Uh, now, Sean, let's talk about Toffoli, and let's, let's start okay. with yourself. I got two questions for you when it comes to Tyler Toffoli. Number one, do you see him playing on left wing? And I know you said before you don't really care about that stuff, but I think it makes a bigger difference at the forward position than it makes at the defense position. Uh, do you see him playing left wing at all? And how many goals do you think he can score for this team next year? I 100% see him on the left side. He's a shooter. He is more comfortable on the right side, but he may be more comfortable playing with better players because he gets the opportunity on the left side. And uh, I could see him getting 25, 25 goals on the Canadians. I know people are, again, really excited. 25 is a great number. It's a, that's for a nice number. Yeah, I think 25 is a nice number for Toffoli. He's shown he can do it. I know he's gotten 30 before. I, where, where I liked him, and I, liked, I watched him a lot, you know, in his early years with L.A., but I watched him a lot with Vancouver, and it was a short stint. But he developed chemistry right away with Elias uh, uh, Pedersen. And, and, 100%. And, and, and look, Canadians don't have a Pedersen on their team. But if Toffoli at training camp just starts rolling and – He's in the locker room next to Kakanyemi. And I'm using him as an example. Maybe it's just because they're both tall and lanky. I don't know. And they just click. 
and they're able to find a chemistry right away. To me, Toffoli is exactly what Kakademi needs. He doesn't need Lekkonen next to him. He needs Toffoli. And I think that if Toffoli, even if it's on the left side, I think he could play on the left side. Maybe it might be the right. But I think he's the guy that's going to get the opportunity on the left more so and earlier than anybody else. If it doesn't work, they'll switch him to the right, and they'll be like, hey, Armia, can you play? Oh, yeah, I can play on the boards. It doesn't matter what side I'm on. It doesn't really matter. But I think Toffoli's going to get that first shot. And I'm using Kakanyemi as an example, but it could be that he falls in love with Suzuki too. But I like he's a shooter on his off wing. I like that. I really do. So 25 is my number. What's your number? Uh, I'm going to also, you know, 25 is a nice number. It's pretty conservative. Uh, I'm not going to give you a number. Here's what I'll say. You used at the line at 20, 20, uh, 25. I think it's a perfect Vegas number for me to take the over. I'll take okay. the over, but I think the line is set perfectly. Like he's going to be right there. It's going to be 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, somewhere in that area. So I'm going to, I'm going to side with optimism, Sean, and give him, uh, give him over 25 goals on the season. I think the ideal line mate is Suzuki because I think he passes the puck a little bit better than Kakanyemi does. And Toffoli could be that, uh, that great trigger guy. And I think it gives them a lot of options on the power play too, uh, because uh, you know, that's an area of weakness Yeah, and they could use a guy who knows how to put the puck in the net on the, the, power. the other thing you mentioned, I've always liked it. And I feel like they do it just a little, they haven't done it enough. Jonathan Drouin with Kakanyemi. I've always liked that idea of that pairing. If you're moving to fully to the left side of Suzuki, whoever you want to put on the right, I don't really care. But the idea of Drouin Kakanyemi, I like that too as a pairing, just moving forward for the Canadians. I mean, we're so far away from what they're going to be doing at the Lions and training camp. It's going to be fun once they get there. Uh, just so we can finish our final thoughts here on the, on the rapid fire, anything that we skipped over too fast that you want to finish? Finish your thoughts, Mitch? Yeah, you know, very quickly, Sean, what's the ideal amount of games for Jake Allen? Uh, I think in this scenario where we're talking about probably a 67 game, 70 game season. Pro rate it though. Pro, pro rate it to make it, to make it easy on the, on the brain. 30. Okay. And I, I, I'm putting that because of the back-to-backs. Yeah. 30. And then, and, and you know what, if they get 25, that's a steal. Carey Price is not used to that. If you get 20 from his backup, he's not used to that. Uh, just the other thing is win more games than you lose. And Make sure that Carey Price is rested for the playoffs because you're not playing in the playoffs. That's your Fair role. Enough. Fair enough. But if Carey Price is hurt, Carey Price, maybe they could salvage something. I think that's something that they were able to do before. Anyway, so I'll give you that. All right, uh, Mitch, that is our rapid fire. What we want to do at the end of every single post-game podcast is a little bit of a pop quiz. I got a quiz for Mitch. Mitch has got a quiz for me. Uh, we're going to be on the clock here and make sure that we get this in and done in time. But let's, uh, let's roll. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You want me to be uh, angry? I'll go, for, I'll go first. Okay. So you want me angry when I'm asking you your question? Yeah. I just, I, I think it might, I think mine might upset you a little bit. Okay. Cause you're going to have to really think and really listen to what the category is. All right. I got my pen and paper. I'm always ready. Right. And paper. So the category, Sean. People should know this. Bring pen and paper wherever you go. The category is top five from the all-time points list. Okay? Gotcha. Who, who at some point in their career played on an expansion team that entered the league after 1990. 
So, like, uh, top five, they played on an expansion team after 1990. Yeah, on the all-time list, and they only have to play in the city at some point in their career. Okay. So, top five players, they had to play on an expansion team from 1990. So, you're giving me from the, from the Tampa Bay uh, expansion on, right? Like, the Tampa Bay, Ottawa, San Jose, et cetera. So, Joe Thornton's on that list. Uh, Patrick Marlowe's on that list, right? So Joe Thornton is number 14 all-time scoring. Yeah. He is number three on this list. Okay, so maybe Patrick Marlowe didn't make it then. Patrick Marlowe is number eight on this list. Okay, he's, not, he's number eight. Okay, so, so Joe Thornton is on that list because he played for the Sharks. And I know he's known for playing for the Sharks. Um, let's go with uh, – where's my boy Marion Hosa? Marion Hosa did not make the top ten on this list. No? No. So, Joe Thornton's number three is 14. Then there's a couple players above Joe Thornton. He said he's 14 all time. Joe Thornton's 14th all time. Okay. Yes. Uh, oh, you got uh, Yags with uh, Florida. Yarbrough Yager is a correct answer. He is the number one answer on the board, considering he's the number two all time points leader in NHL history. Yeah. So then you got Yager, you got Thornton. All-time scores, looking at the all-time scores list, uh, guys that are there. A lot of guys in the – I'm trying to think because a lot of those guys at the top are in the 80s and they finished off. Oh, no, he didn't, put, he didn't get enough points. Never mind. I was thinking games on that one. Sorry, I was thinking games. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but I was thinking games. I want to know who it was. Kalios. Uh, no. Now, on the games list, he'll be there because he plays you know, seven. Well, he'd probably be pretty high on the points list, too, to be honest. No, but... not, a, not, not in a top five, though. If, if there yeah. was to be a 14, he's, he's nowhere close to there. Uh, so, Yags, uh, I don't think Hosa has enough points. Uh, I don't think – what about Recky? Recky is the number two answer, number 12 all-time in scoring. So, you have one, two, and three. You're missing four okay. and five. I'll tell you. Time-wise, what do we got? Got to give me a clue. I want to make sure we don't miss you. Yeah, no, no. It just told me that uh, Zoom has extended, like, there's no more 40-minute time limit. Okay. Oh, good for us. All right. Well, I can... <laughs> we still want a time limit on the postgame. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so you got Recky. Recky, number 12 all-time in scoring. You're missing four and five. I would say four, if you really think hard, is obvious. And mm -hmm. five is a guy like Mark Recchi, who is always forgotten about. But when you think about it, he was he's, a really good player. Yeah, he's like always kind of forgotten about, traveled around a little bit, but a really good player. Uh, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Timu's got to be there. Timu's got to be there. Timu's the one that was obvious. Yeah. Number yeah, four answer at number 16 okay. all time. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy with myself. You thought I'd be angry, but I think I'm doing quite well here. So now you, I've got like. Uh, not not to talk about too much stuff that happens away from the podcast, but I did a test run with uh, with Joey Alfieri at uh, 2.30 this afternoon. Joey yeah. got only one answer. Nah, he sucks at this stuff. He All only right, got Thornton. This, so, so now number five is the guy that's been underrated and kind of traveled around a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah, and a lot of points. And, he's probably right under Solani within the top 20. Is he in the top 20? He's 18. He's 18, so he's right under. He's got the same amount of points as Solani. He's been around a long time. He landed on one of these teams at some point. Did he play, I guess, the bulk of his games in the 90s or eight, and some in the 80s? Uh, mostly the 90s. Mostly the I, 90s. I, I'm not even sure if he played in the 80s, to be honest. Okay. 
but mostly in the in the nineties he played. All right. And he's around Team Muslani. Probably likely the same. Uh, he game. probably he probably played in the late eighties. Now that I think really hard about it. He played in the late eighties too? That's yes. that's significant. There's a cutoff there, right? All right. I'll I'll give you a clue. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's a bit of a random clue, but okay. I think it might help you. Think Joe Thornton. So, okay, I got it. So it's on a guy that was on an expansion team. Uh, Marty St. Louis? Vinny? No, not no. Marty St. Louis. No, no, you, mis you misunderstood what I was saying by think Joe Thornton. You might even forget that this player played on an expansion team. Okay, so the expansion – when you said think uh, Joe Thornton, I was thinking a guy that just was on an expansion team his whole not, career. Not, not, not in that way. Oh, so you're just thinking of a guy with a beard. <laughs> No, what else is Thornton known for? So it's a playmaker. Yep. Is it Mark Savard? Nope. No, he didn't have enough points. Good guess, Adam though. Adam Oates? Good guess with the Thrasher's connection. Yeah, Adam Oates? Adam Oates, number 18, all-time in scoring. He Wrapped played – where did he wrap up? He played for – He played for the Anaheim Ducks for one year. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Vaguely. He was, he was on right. the Ducks team that went to the Stanley Cup final and Jean-Sebastien Jaguar won the cons fight. All right. Well, look, I said it before you said it, so I'm taking the point, but I, that's a hard one. Adam Oates is a hard one. Uh, four out of five. But that was five out of five. You didn't say Oates. I said Oates. Four out of five was good, by the way. Okay. I was impressed. I thought that uh, Recky was going to be really hard for you to come by. I thought Jaeger, the Florida, might elude you. Uh, so I'm pretty impressed with uh, the four to five. And I'm everyone, good at this stuff. Everyone forgets Oates. Yeah. I didn't forget him. I said it after I figured it out with some clues. All right. Uh, I got a pop quiz for you. I got a top five. I'm asking you, Mitch Gallo, to wrap up the Post Game Pints podcast. Gallo and Campbell, our initial podcast. Glad you could join us. And uh, make sure you like, subscribe, wherever you're listening. If it's on SoundCloud, uh, uh, iTunes. What else are we doing here? Dave. Dave. Well, Dave's not here, man. But Dave's uh, not here, man. All right. Uh, look, YouTube, we're going to try the YouTube thing, and I hope you like it. And, and we want suggestions because we are planning to amplify each and every episode. Every episode is going to be amplified just a little bit because we're testing it. It's new to us. It's new to Gallo. It's new to everyone, but we're going to be doing this. All right. Uh, my pop quiz for you. Last year in the National Hockey League, I would like to know the top five scorers, Mitch, that were over 30 years old. Top five scores over 30 years old. In the league last year. It's such a young man's game. It is. And that's why I like this question. John Tavares. Nope. Didn't make the cut. Didn't make the cut. Didn't make the uh, cut. I went to the, uh, by the way, I went to the top 10. I don't know where Tavares is, but I went to the top 10, and he wasn't on the top 10. So. Okay, hold on. Two, two of them are, I think, are easy. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin. Now, that is number four, Alex Ovechkin. He's 34 years old. He's 35 now. 67 points. Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby. Incorrect. Ah, he fought the injuries. Evgeny uh, Malkin. And number three at 33 years old, 74 points. He was 14th overall. Uh, Blake Wheeler? <sighs> Coveted number six, my friend. <laughs> Good guess. No one ever guesses Blake Wheeler. Ever. I thought, all he does is put up points. And I say this all the time. Most <laughs> underrated player in the National Hockey League. Blake Wheeler. I thought, it was, 
Markov Huberto stuff. I thought I was so clever with that one. Yeah. Number five is going to kind of piss you off, I think. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Sagan. No. You, you're missing one and two, man. You're missing one yeah, and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One and two. I'm trying to think, man. I told you, it's a, it's a really young man's game right now. Yeah. Number, really one was six, number one was sixth overall. Number two was eighth overall. Pretty Freaking solid. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. They're very solid players. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine so. Um, Steven Stamkos. Nope. Is he, is he under 30? He's, he, he, the, he well, okay. Sorry. He's, it's starting the season under 30. At some point he turned 30 in the season. He turned 30 so, during the season? Yeah. Anyway, okay. sorry. Just to give you the, the breakdown. If they turned, they started and they like turned 30 in February, screw you. You weren't 30 the whole time. That's how I'm playing it. Sorry to, <laughs> yeah. the, sorry to give you the specifics to it, but you get it. You understand. Uh, I'm not going down that route. Patrice Bergeron. Ah, uh, number 10. Number 10? Number 10. Brad Marchand? Number one. Yeah. He's, uh, he's 31 years old. He had 87 points last year. It's hard to believe that he's that old. It's hard to believe that he consistently puts insane amount of points up. People still think he's just a latchy to Pasternak and Bergeron. No, no, that guy drives the play. Yeah, but it, the, the funny thing about Marsha is I find that he only started with the really grandiose point totals later in his career. So it almost seems like he's younger because the point totals, big time numbers only came like a little bit later. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're missing number uh, two and five. Uh, two, one of my favorites. Five, uh, you probably won't think of him this way. That's it. You probably won't think of him in, in being one of the top scorers of over 30. But he's a player you definitely know. I know you spoke, you, you've spoken to him, definitely. Max Pacioretty? Number five. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to call him, he's today's Michael Ryder. Yeah, he's much better than Michael Ryder. No, but my point is how Michael Ryder makes you mad. Pacioretty kind of probably makes me mad. One of your favorites. Eric Stahl? I, you want me to go into my closet and get a jersey of him? Eric Stahl? No. <laughs> Not Eric Stahl. John, okay, how's this? You have to answer it by the time I come back with the jersey. <laughs> yeah. Should have had that one. Oh, yeah. That, one. that was easier than Adam Oates, my friend. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damn it! <laughs> All right. Uh, to finalize the uh, post-game uh, Pints podcast here, Mitch, what are we going to name the episode? Uh, what are we going to name the episode? I got a couple here. One is okay. uh, Gallo's glass is half full and mine is half empty. And, uh, Not half full anymore. And uh, next down is uh, Touchdown Packers. And uh, the final one, my final one is Dave's not here, man. Let's go with number three. Dave's not here, man. That might be the name of the episode every single time. 